The joining of men and women as one flesh is a very wonderful miracle of God. Too often it is violated by one or even both of the partners. And they think they can go to a human court and get a divorce. But there is something that God created that makes this, shall I say, impossible. Because at the time of sexual intercourse, God arranged for them to become one flesh. How do you get rid of one flesh? Only by death can that one flesh be parted. A person may think little about divorce, and that person might do it and remarry, but there's always going to be something wrong. There is some form of unnamed penalty when you do this. And I don't think you'll get over it until one of you dies. When God creates something and we violate it, there is a penalty. So in Genesis chapter 2, we have the history of mankind. We have the creation of the man and the creation of the woman for the man to be a helpmeet. The specific purpose of the woman as is given by the creation of the woman. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. Verse 19, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. There's a type of dominance in naming an animal. Usually the person who is going to be in charge names the animal. And indeed, God did set man to rule over the beast of the field. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Verse 20, And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found an helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And God took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. God brought the woman to the man. I think that's significant. 
It even shows he's going to rule over the woman. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. Mark 10, the Pharisees came to Jesus and asked him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife, tempting him? And Jesus answered and said unto them, What did Moses command you? And they said Moses suffered to write a bill of divorcement, and to put her away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, For the hardness of your heart he wrote you this precept. Jesus was basically showing them that they had sinned because they had grown hard toward their wife. Mark 10, verse 6. Jesus explains the creation of man and woman. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. Only by death can you separate one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man put asunder. And in the house his disciples asked him again of the same matter. And Jesus said to them, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another, committeth adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul shows us that at the time of sexual intercourse, the two people become one flesh. And Paul says, even with an harlot, this is true. And he warns the men, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the member of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot, a prostitute, is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. Verse 18, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Fornication is a sin that is different from all other sins. Verse 19, 
God places penalties on those people who commit sins. It may not be a penalty that is known to us, but there is a penalty. There is a judgment on it. And it will affect the life of the person who commits the sin. And it may not be so easy to get away from that penalty. Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, Jesus says, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. We had a man in our little church group who filed divorce papers against his wife. When I found out about it, I called him and I said, Was your wife unfaithful to you? He thought about it and said no. And I said, Well, according to the Bible, the only scriptural reason for divorcing your wife is if she has been unfaithful. I referred him to Matthew 5.32. He apparently spent some time looking into this subject. He stopped the divorce proceedings against his wife after he read Matthew 5.32. If you divorce a faithful wife and she remarries, you will be the cause of her adultery. She will commit adultery upon remarriage, but you will be the cause of it. And the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. In 1 Corinthians 7 verses 10 and 11, we see a commandment of the Lord stated by the Apostle Paul. And unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And let not the husband put away his wife. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 39. The wife is bound by the law, by the New Testament law of God, as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will, only in the Lord. The following is the law of God for the New Testament church. Romans chapter 7, verses 2 and 3. For the woman which has an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law 
so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. At the time of sexual intercourse, the two become one flesh. Only by death can you separate one flesh. Try to separate your little finger from your body. Say, oh, my little finger hurts. I'm no longer going to have it with my body. Try to separate it. You can cut it off and cause it to die, but that's the only way you can deal with this situation when it is a part of your flesh. This is the way God created man and woman. I'm sure there is a serious, unstated penalty to that person who would divorce his mate and to the woman who would also leave her husband and marry another man while her husband still lives. There's some form of fragmentation for that person that they're not able to put back together in the wholeness that God created man and woman. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.